it was very disappointing. But then, you know, you got to get the photo. So I, he turned around because he knew he was getting a photo taken of him. And I stood next to him and I smiled, you know, because that's, that's social etiquette. You smile when a photo has been taken of you. That smile was fake. That smile was a facade. Um, no, look, truly one of the more dispiriting photographs I've ever seen as it relates to humanity and sport. Absolutely crushing. Um, you almost feel like you need to go fund me. Um, at this point to... Um... Yeah, I do. I, there, are, there are ongoing mental issues. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I always wondered. Um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and everybody in between, welcome down to another episode of the Jake Botel Football Experience. An absolute bloody pleasure to have your company on this episode. And tonight we are joined, or well, this morning, I've given away the illusion of when we're recording it. I've given away the illusion straight off the bat. The Matrix, it's over. It's over. And there's no longer any illusion about who our guest is. One, because you'll probably have read it in the episode title. Two, because he just spoke. Three, because who gives a crap about illusions anyway? But I'd better give him a big drum roll of an intro. Ladies and gentlemen, hailing from not that far away from me, but we spiritually say that he's from the North where the Vikings pillage and raid, where the long ships are long, and uh, various things of that nature. It is our resident <laughs> Minnesota Vikings fan, Minnesota Jack. Welcome on back to the JBFE. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. It's been a little while, I feel, since my uh, last time on the show, so I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, the last time we uh, convened the cult was to uh, do our uh, NFL All-Stars draft, which I had great fun mm. doing. It's, that um, was good fun. I love it, that. It was indeed. Maybe we'll have to make that a bit of an annual tradition or something. Um, yeah. But tonight, we're, we're going to discuss some football on a shore closer to home, uh, on the actual shore mm. of our homeland. Well, not on the beach itself, but on the main Although that would be fun. That would I'd be watch fun. That. Absolutely. Summer sports. Um, the sand would be an issue for me. That's one thing for me. Like the beach, not bad. I mean, if I had to power rank um, environments in which to spend my time, I can't guarantee you that a beach would be in the top five because for me, the sand is an issue. What say you? Mm. Yeah, no, I would agree. And, you know, we've got to keep in mind they're wearing short shorts. So we've got to make sure we're protecting our football players so maybe the beach isn't the the best spot for them absolutely there's a lot of associated uh, parts that are probably uh, averse to sand cloggage um so we'll, we'll rattle straight on into it tonight uh look at that i gave it gave it away again it doesn't yeah. matter where there's you're no point now it. no look this is being recorded in the evening even though it might be finding its way to your ear holes in the daytime this is the magic of showbiz ladies and gentlemen um so <laughs> this evening on this episode Time is a flat circle that's yeah, exactly just goes round and round again you know you feel like you've done this before it's because you have um mm. so uh, just ask cleveland browns fans um <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's before i had to get in a shot at the cleveland browns before yeah we, shots fired shots yeah. fired before we parachute into the AFL here. And that's what we're talking about tonight. The AFL, the JBFE goes local with the local brand of football. 
Um, and this one is where they actually use their feet most of the time. Um, let's just have a bit of a reflection. Obviously, the AFL is back. Um, shout out to David Vaughan, the, the greatest mm-hmm. Oklahoman, uh, <laughs> the greatest Oklahoman human, you know, um, <laughs> on the planet. Um, and, you know, have converted him. He was a willing convert to the cult of the Geelong Cats, um, staying up to all sorts of hours to watch the football, to get it in. Um, and he's had a pretty hot start in his first two games. The Cats have come away with two big wins. So shout out to David. Uh, totally lost my train of thought there as I rambled on on that little uh, intro and shout out. Let's reflect. Um, Let's yeah, reflect. that's right. Let's reflect on what's happened. The, the AFL is back. It's being played in hubs and all sorts of things like that uh, in front of, you know, mostly pumped in crowd noise, though a few states now welcoming in the fandom. So let's just take a bit to reflect this weekend. We're six rounds down. What were some of your big takeaways from this weekend, Minnesota Jack? It was a it was a depressing weekend for a Western Good Bulldogs start. fan. Great yeah, it, it, it wasn't a great way to end the weekend because that was the final game uh, on the Sunday. Uh, as a if I was a neutral fan. I would have watched that and gone, what a bloody good game of football. Mm. It was very, very well played, especially under the conditions. But just seeing us have our – any sports fan can relate to this, in any team sport fan, in that you're just watching a team commit the same offences every time. And you're like, why aren't these things getting fixed? Which is just a frustrating feeling. But I thought overall it was a pretty good weekend of football. Some people – did not like how low scoring some of the games were, but I think it's fine as long as it's not a consistent thing. I think it's good to have games that can be really high scoring and frenetic. And then it's good to have some real defensive battles. um, I think is, is good. What you don't want to see is a lot of like a lot of behinds and that's why it's low scoring a lot of missed goals, but two good teams facing off against each other where neither can get a goal. I enjoy that every now and then. I, I think it's a, another good way to watch our, our game. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, one of those things. If it's always 130 to 125, then what's the fun in that? You know, for me, that's one of the things mm. that often puts me off uh, sports like basketball. It always seems to be within about five points. They all seem to get about 80, 90 points. And again, that's me as an outsider from the sport, but it's something that's always kind of put me off to it. If you're always having the same score lines and the same types of scores, I think it gets boring. Um, just to quickly run through the uh, rapage of results here, um, in case you're only just getting up to speed with the AFL, if you're an American listener, um, or if you're an Australian listener that's been living under a rock or up in Queensland. Um, so, <laughs> One and the same. Apologies, rugby fans. Um, it's probably a... Uh, uh, a smack more fairly leveled at our New South Wales audience, really. Um, So so uh, we had the Geelong Cats, the Mighty Mighty Cats uh, launch a great second half comeback to defeat the Brisbane Lions 73 to 46. We had Fremantle in a seesawing encounter uh, defeat St Kilda 79 to 73. Collingwood pretty much spanked Hawthorne. Uh, 
only uh, 32 points in the end, the difference, but it, it seemed like a lot more than that. 59 to 27. Uh, the West Coast Eagles mm. down the Adelaide Crows, 67 to 34. Melbourne Demons, 80 to 63 winners over the Gold Coast Suns. The Bombers of Essendon, 67 to 53 winners over the North Melbourne Kangaroos. Port Adelaide Power got the job done against the Giants, lopping the legs off the Giants in the second part of the game, particularly after three-quarter time. 63-46. to 46. The Tigers just scraped by in a really bothersome encounter, really, uh, against the Sydney Swans. 34-26. to 26. You want to talk about inaccuracy. The Tigers kicking four goals and ten behinds. The Sydney Swans three goals, eight behinds. Talk about amateur hour! Um, Carlton, the Blues, big winners. The big winners of the weekend. I'm sorry, Minnesota Jack, uh, Bulldog Jack. They defeat your beloved Bulldogs, 103-51. to uh, One of the big surprise results for yours truly um, from this weekend was that Doggies game. I'm sorry that you had to sit through that on your Sunday evening. Yeah. So we look to the ladder here at the moment. The table... Where is the table in my notes? The table. There we are. So the table, we've got Port Adelaide sitting on top, sitting pretty. We've got, you know what I could do? I could actually put a graphic into the episode here so that I don't have to keep reading through all the results. That's the beauty of editing. So we'll bring up the table. Well, actually I can't because what if it's an audio show? What if it's just an audio show? Let's run through the line. We'll get, uh, I don't know, uh, some way we can get someone to record a, a voice and they can just say what's happening on screen. That's right. That'll work. All right, football fans, we have Port Adelaide on the top of the ladder. Uh, let's not do it in that voice. Uh, Port Adelaide Power sitting pretty on the top, one game clear. Uh, then you've got Geelong in second, Brisbane in third, Essendon in fourth, Collingwood in fifth, Richmond in sixth, St Gilda in seventh. And Carlton in eighth. Now they make up the top eight clubs that make finals at the end of the year. And after that, you've got a real logjam of teams there. You've got Gold Coast, the Giants, the West Coast Eagles, the Bulldogs, and Hawthorne all sitting three and three uh, outside the top eight. And then you've got your Fremantle Dockers, Melbourne Demons, North Melbourne, and Sydney. And then right at the bottom, of this absolute tip pile. You've got the Adelaide Crows at 0-6. One of the more abysmal outfits in all of football at the present time. It's been a massive fall for, from grace for the old Crows mm. since uh, their grand final appearance. So what we want to quickly dive into, or perhaps not quickly, maybe we want to really, you know, gnash our teeth into it, is this fixture. And it's an interesting thing. And I think NFL fans... Um, you know, you might have to get used to some of this uh, come NFL season, depending on how things roll out in your country. But we're kind of having a bit of a rolling fixture where we're not really sure after, for instance, after round nine uh, now, or round eight, perhaps, rather, uh, we really don't know who's playing who or where. Um, these fixtures are being announced uh, almost week to week, really, Minnesota Jack. Um, this coming week, week seven, we've got games in uh, New South Wales, Queensland, WA and South Australia. But it looks more and more likely that those New South Wales games are going to be put on the old scrap heap at some point. Um, what are you thinking about this, this fixture? Obviously, your Bulldogs have got uh, games against Essendon in Queensland and you've got uh, the Gold Coast 
also obviously up in Queensland. Cats are travelling to WA to take on Collingwood. And then we're playing Fremantle and I think West Coast. So that how are you feeling about all this this fixturing and this changing of fixtures? Do you think we they're doing a good job of this, getting the getting things done under the circumstances? I think they're doing as well as they can. You know, it's this isn't a situation where we should be expecting any sort of organization to be a hundred percent perfect. So I think considering the circumstances, it's been they've been doing quite well. And I I think as a silver lining, I think it's kind of fun to like, oh, what's the next block of weeks going to be? Mm. Not that that should be what we have every season, but it sort of adds another level of excitement to the season of going, who, what's going to be up next, which I think is going to be sort of fun. I've, I'm quite nervous about these next two weeks. Mm. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure how we'll go. I think against Essendon, it's going to be really interesting because we're quite similar, I think, in that we have quite a lot of talent, but it just never seems to quite get together. Mm. Um, so it'll be sort of an interesting look at which team is going to fulfil their potential more than the other. Um, we've got some interesting parallels there. And then the Suns, I've they've they've sort of always been my second team because mm. they came. They were created when I was living up in Queensland and I got to meet some of the players when I was doing junior footy. So early on, I sort of liked them and have been following them. So it's sort of been nice to see them getting some success finally after being, what, eight years in the league? They came mm. in 2012, I think. Yeah, that's um, So it, it's been really good to watch them. Uh, and they've been playing really well, even without uh, Raul, the number one pick. Uh, but uh, it's another fascinating one. I don't know who's going to win between the Doggies and the Suns, but I think it will be really good to watch. They're both really fast, kinetic teams. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, uh, obviously, uh, I just wanted to ask you briefly too, you got to meet some of the players. You also had a great uh, a great encounter. I don't know if you're <laughs> right to talk about it, but uh, with uh, the one yeah, yeah. and only uh, Jason Topdeck Ackermanis. Um, uh, can you walk us through what that was experience good. was like? You know, obviously you had a really rich connection there and Akko, you know, exchanged some good words with you. Yeah. So this was, I think I might've been 13 or so. It was about a year after Jason Ackermanis had retired from the AFL. Um, and he had just been at, at my team, the Bulldogs for a few years after being with the, the Lions for most of his career. And, you know, if we ignore him off the field, I think most people can say that on the field, he is it's just such an entertaining player to watch. And so he was one of my favorite players uh, growing up. And so then he retired and he just wasn't playing anymore. But then he came up and started playing in the seniors of one of the local football clubs, Millua, I believe, mm-hmm. just for a, a year. It wasn't very long. So he was doing like a meet and greet thing um, at one of the, sports shops where you go in, you line up and you get something to be autographed and, you know, a whole schmuzzle. You took your and hopes so and dreams, of course. You know, that was what you wanted to yeah. get autographed, your hopes and dreams, your favourite player. Yeah, my heart. It was open. It was open to Acker. Mm. I, was, I was so ready to, to profess my love about how good of a football player he was and how good his hairstyle was, you know, the, the beard and the hair combo. Mm. Um, so I'm lining up. Uh, my, I think my dad took me and I can see him in the background. I can see him uh, 
reciting other people's stuff. He's sort of in the distance, but I can maybe hear his his lovely gravelly voice. The great man. And getting closer and closer and closer. And I think maybe one or two spots behind the front, he gets a phone call. Oh yes. On his mobile, and I I look at him and I go, okay, he's just quickly taking the phone call. That's all right. He's obviously he hangs up. He's got he's got a sense of etiquette about this. The kids are here to see. You would think. You would think. And then and then you remember this is Jason Ackermanis, so probably not. Mm. And that's what happens. So I finally get to the front. He's still on the phone. He's Mm -hmm. still talking. I can't remember what it was about. Probably something we can't talk about on air, but you know (laughs) something. And then I get to him and I give him my thing I want to autograph. Mm-hmm. And I think I even tried to say something to him and he sort of just looked at me and, you know, sort of shrugged me off and just slightly acknowledged oh me. And it was, uh, it was very disappointing, but then, you know, you got to get the photo. So I, he turned around cause he knew he was getting a photo taken of him and I stood next to him and I smiled, you know, cause that's, that's social etiquette. You smile when a photo has been taken of you, but that smile was fake. That smile was a facade. The smile was hiding my 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 true my true sadness. It was I forgot about it. I had uh, thrown it out of my mind, deleted it, and then uh, I found I found the photo the other day, and it uh, <laughs> and you foolishly you know, mentioned it to me. All back again. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I shared it to some friends, and uh, you know, in full confidence that they would support me, and they did. But it, it only it only made me feel worse about that that sad, sad day. It is like honestly, it's probably one of the more depressing pictures I've ever I've ever laid my yeah. eyes on, to be honest, Jack. On its own, it's perfectly normal, but it's with the backstory. Knowing what you're seeing in that photo is uh is what makes it truly riveting to, to go through. Yeah, I'm uh, I, I I'm gonna seek your permission to post that one. Uh possibly. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I don't think I don't think Acker minds. <laughs> I don't. I think Acker's probably got more property deals to close or something or whatever it was, like, whatever sort of business he was conducting. Uh, mm. yeah. um, no, look, truly one of the more dispiriting photographs I've ever seen as it relates <laughs> to humanity and sport. Absolutely crushing. Mm. Um, I almost feel like you need to go fund me um, at this point to. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I, there are, there are ongoing mental issues from that. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I always wondered. Um, <laughs> so um maybe it was contagious um so uh, (laughs) for viewers who die for listeners who don't know you'll see the picture i'll put it up on jbfe but the uh i've always referred to jason ackermanis as jason top deck ackermanis because he for years rocked a pearl white uh spiky hairdo up top and then a nice chocolate brown goatee. And I was constantly reminded of the uh, Cadbury's cho- top deck chocolate here, which is white chocolate on top, dark chocolate underneath. So Acca for me mm-hmm. is always uh, Jason top deck. Acca Mattis. Well, thanks for sharing that um, demoralizing anecdote with us, Jack. It's sort of, it's, it's really set the tone for us, uh, for the conversation moving forward. Um, yep. <laughs> so I think you're absolutely right about the fixture. I think this is something that they're doing their absolute best with. And, you know, I think it's the reality of, of, of just the situation that we're facing, that we're facing. We are facing it as civilians. And, you know, to think that 
the professional sport wouldn't be impacted is, is uh, probably a little naive, to be honest, and, and, and wishful thinking, um, possibly insane. Um, so, you know, one of the big things, obviously, is Victorian clubs, um, you know, the state in which yeah. you and I reside, uh, they don't look like being back home for a game for a long while um, with the spike in numbers here. And, you know, there's been sort of talk, New South Wales were talking up their chances of hosting the grand final uh, this season as, um, you know, the, the grand final obviously historically held here uh, in Victoria, in Melbourne at the MCG. It has been done so since the dawn of time. Um, so Sydney were pretty keen to get their hands on that one. But with a little bit of a spikage in uh, New South Wales, it's now starting to look a little uh, shaky as to whether they're going to be hosting many home and away games across the next little while. Mm. It sort of feels a little bit threatening, um, you know, that football is sort of being chased into smaller, smaller and smaller corners of the map. Um, where do you think this season ends up? I, I think it's going to end up in Perth. I mm. think that, I don't think the AFL wants to take risks because what they do not want is to stop. They don't want to get to a point as all AFL fans would agree. Don't want it to stop again. We all understood. And for the most part, we all agreed with when it had to stop initially or, you know, Mm. pause back in, when was it? March. Mm. Uh, So we could sort of organize and, you know, get a hold of everything and wait for things to sort of calm down. But for that to happen again, I think will be really demoralizing, not only for fans, um, but for the teams. They have to stop again and then get back onto it, back onto the tracks would be really tough. Mm-hmm. So I think that's would be absolutely the worst case scenario. So even if there is just a little spike in New South Wales, I think that's enough for the AFL to go, we're not going to risk it. We're not going to risk it. We're going to keep moving north and then either... <laughs> finish off in Queensland, but I think they'll, they'll go over to Western Australia just because I think, I think that'll work out best in terms of hub wise. And I think that's where they'll have the grand final. I think if they're not going to have it in New South Wales, I can't see them doing it at Metricon or the Gabba. I think Optus looks the, the most grand for a grand final. Well, it's, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of merit to that in that it's, it's a brand spanking new facility as of a couple of years ago. Um, it looks great. Like you said, it does have an epic look uh, on TV. I've really enjoyed watching some of the, the men's games. I've watched enjoying some of, I've watched enjoying. I have enjoyed watching, push forward. I've enjoyed watching some of the women's games uh, over there in Perth as well at that stadium. It's an, it's an excellent um, arena. Uh, Obviously, football traditionalists are going to be sort of up in arms over all of this, but, or perhaps not, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm going to err on the side of optimism that most people understand that, you know, the, the circumstances dictate that change has to be made and we have to, you know, you have to roll with the punches. What do you think about the idea to that, you know, the champion this year, the premier this year will always have an asterisk next to their name. That's what a lot of people say, you know, is that, you know, there'll always be this footnote of, oh yeah, they won it in the, in the COVID season, 
you know, when no one had a home field advantage or when, you know, when all the Queensland teams or the Perth teams, they had an advantage, you know, the Victorian teams had to travel. I, I think, you know, what my personal feeling on that is, um, you know, and this is something that's being discussed in, in the world of sport in general, major league baseball is about to fire up again. And I'm super excited for that. Um, you know, and again, they're saying, oh, there's always going to be an asterisk next to the name of the champion of the MLB because it's only a 60-game season in instead of 162, um, blah, 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 blah. And my personal feelings about this is if your sports franchise is strong enough to navigate the adversity of this season, where you're playing in hubs, where you might be stuck away from your family, where you might be playing on the road, you know, for the majority of the season, whatever it may be. If you've got players sitting out, like some clubs are facing in the, in the MLB and, you know, even Richmond in the AFL here, you know, they had different players stay home when they started to shift interstate to their hubs and, and not, you know, fringe players. They've, they've had, you know, key cogs um, to their premiership winning team from last season um, sit out. And that is absolutely their right to do so. I just think that if you, you're a champion this season, I think it says a lot about the strength and resilience of your club, whether it's baseball, football, whatever it might be. What are your sort of feelings about that? Uh, I'm, pretty much on the same side i think that there will be an asterisk but but that will only prove why winning the grand final is more deserving Mm. and i think also what makes it even more of an achievement is the fact that we're having a shortened season Mm. like every game matters you're not playing other teams twice there's no we'll get them back later in the season every game means so much more than it usually does. So if you can win more of those games and get in a better position to win that grand final, I think it means even more. And yes, traveling is, is not an advantage. It's not an advantage to travel, uh, especially interstate. And I think that there is an advantage um, when you get to play at your home ground. Not so much nowadays where, you know, unless you're an interstate team, you'll play at one of the two uh, stadiums, uh, which, uh, you know, I don't like anyway. I, I, I like it when teams have their own unique stadium. But that being said, there obviously are advantages and disadvantages to traveling or staying at your home ground. But that sort of is the reality anyway throughout every season for a lot of teams. And yet they do really well. How many times has West Coast, you know, not maybe won the grand final, but Mm. been a successful team? Mm. They live on the other side of the country. So, yes, these things have pros and cons. But for me, I look at it and go, none of it is that big of a deal that would sort of negate anyone winning a premiership. I think it's it's all part of the game. And we all, and all teams had to deal with some form of it in terms of the traveling aspect at some stage, whether you're West Coast or you're Geelong or you're a Melbourne team, like it, it's part of the game that has been built up. It sort of is different now, but it's the same sort of thing. So I, I don't know it. I don't think it's going to have that big of an effect on whether or not the premiership team is going to be less deserving. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and, you know, you only have to look as far as, you know, Port Adelaide, you know, they've gone up mm. to Queensland to start their season. They've compiled a five and one record, 
you know, uh, for the majority of it playing, uh, you know, on the road up in Queensland. They haven't used that as an excuse. I think, you, you know, I really think that, you know, and I'm not in the West Coast camp, you know, the way they started the season was pretty poor and, and there was some grumbling about different things about having to hub up in Queensland, etc. Um, I have a feeling they've had a bit of a mindset change. They've had to key into the fact, well, this is what it is. This is what our season looks like. Um, and since then, they've started to improve their, improve their results. But I think Port Adelaide went over with a really positive attitude and you hear that in a lot of sports. Um, you know, I've, I've heard some guys in Major League Baseball talk about it. I've definitely heard it here in the AFL that this isn't, you know, yes, it's challenging, but it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity to show how strong and how flexible um, and innovative mm. your football team or your baseball club, whatever it is, can be. So I hope that that's the attitude that more uh, teams take whenever their leagues around the world start, um, you know, working out the, you know, the, the mechanizations, the coordinations of how they're going to put their sport on. I hope more clubs um, don't spend, you know, time griping about it, basically. You know, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people I always think of, I think everyone's got to have the right to opt out. I think that's fair enough. And I don't think you have to give a reason, you know, like in, in my book, if you just mm. want to opt out because you want to opt out, then I think that's, you know, I, I think you start going down a bit of a slippery slope when you have to ask everyone to justify their reason for, for sitting out. Um, yeah. You know, I think you've got to give people options, but, you know, grab the bull by the horns and take it on. You know, there's a lot of people doing uh, work um, in hospitals and, and that sort of thing right now who, you know, have to be there, essential employees. So if you decide to play, you know, go at it as an opportunity, you know, and um, yeah, I'm not one of those people who's going to sit here and say, well, they're only sports people. They should be forced to play because they're our entertainment and, you know, get paid mega bucks to do it. No, I think, you know, everyone's got to have the option to opt in and opt out. And if the majority opt out, well, you don't have a season, but you know, I think mm. we're going to find for the most part um, leagues around the world where, where governments have taken the appropriate steps to, to limit the, the damage and, and start reducing the numbers. Um, you know, I think you're going to find players feeling pretty comfortable um, that if the safety measures are in place, they want to play. All right. Unless you've got any further thoughts on that, let's pivot into the world of fantasy. Mm. You're ready to fly to, to football fantasy Island. Yep. I'm strapped in. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Let's do it then. So with all this moving around, I wanted to use this basically as an opportunity to shoehorn in a conversation you and I have had multiple times um, in the last mm -hmm. couple of years. Um, with all this change and, and you know things moving around and teams playing in different hubs and tradition being cast into the winds, I wanted to broach on air a conversation that you and I have had many times off air. And that is what if the AFL moved to a conference based system in the men's competition? Now I know a lot of people um, with the AFLW, when they went to conferences, it's like, Oh no, it's horrific. Um, personally, I would say cool your jets and give it a few seasons and, and see once the conferences mm. fill out, once they get the balances, right? Like, there's, there's a way to get it right. And I think 
you know, as someone who watches a fair bit of American sport, I quite like the conferences. I'm not against, I need to say this as a disclaimer before I get, you know, uh, people coming at me about the, you know, you're an AFL hater. Absolutely not. Love the eight game. I love the eight team playoff system. I love the, the single ladder uh, absent conference and division, but I also love playing. What if Jack, you know it. I'm a what yes. if addict. So what if, what if the AFL decided for whatever reason, one reason or another, maybe it's about trying to play games against, you know, keep teams, you know, in a, let's imagine in a post COVID world where we're still sort of conscious about um, people jet setting across the country week in, week out, day in, day out. Maybe that's the landscape where we go, look, let's localize it a little. Let's go to some conference. Mm. Let's have, and this is my proposal and we'll dig into it. I want your thoughts on this because you're a, you're a smart and uh, eloquent proponent of the game. We're going to have the Victoria. The Victoria. <laughs> hey, I've been more kind to you than Acker was. Um, we've got the. <laughs> it's a low bar. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's what I love. I love a low bar, Jack. Um, yep. So no requirements to jump. I just have to step. Mm. Um, so we've got the Victorian Football Conference. Conference. We've got the Interstate Football Conference. So on one side of the equation, we're going to have the 10 Victorian teams. You've got the Bombers, the Kangaroos, the Bulldogs, the Tigers, the Hawks, the Cats, the Blues, the Magpies, the Demons, and the Saints. So 10 teams there. Then we're going to have the Interstate Conference. And uh, this is where it sort of gets a little interesting. I want to come back to discussing about how we would divide up the Vic Conference into divisions. In, in fact, let's do that now. Let's take our 10 mm -hmm. Victorian teams. How are we going to divide that up into divisions? Because what I want is two conferences, the Vic Conference, the Interstate Conference, and then two divisions within that. How would you choose to divide up your, your Victorian uh, conference into your two divisions? I think, you know, like there's some obvious things. I want Collingwood playing Carlton twice a year. So I'd sort of lean towards them in the same division, probably Collingwood and Essendon. What did you sort of come up with? Mm. I think it's it's not as easy as I would like it to be because there's quite a few teams that have those rivalries that you sort of want to match together. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's interesting also because you've got to throw Geelong in there, even though it's technically yes. not a Melbourne team. Mm. It's a neighbouring city. Mm. Um, and obviously Geelong and Hawthorne, I would, I would go out on a limb and say it's the greatest rivalry in the game. I think that there are some very valid arguments against that. But to me, that is the biggest one. But they're on opposite sides of, the, of that uh, conference. So, and I'm somebody who likes, I like things to look compact. So I probably wouldn't pick one that's too topsy-turvy all over the place. Um, so I've got two conflicting ideas. I want Geelong and Hawthorne, but they don't, they don't fit together. So I'm keen to see what... Uh, you've come up with because I'm, I'm still quite undecided, but I want those two. Yeah. Look, I, I wanted to come in flying a little loose. I wanted to come in flying hot. Didn't want to be, you know, flying hot and loose. Yeah. That's hot and loose. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, just wondering, yeah, who Acker was on the phone to. Um, so, uh, 
So what I was definitely coming to the conclusion was, I think there's some obvious ones. I want Carlton and Collingwood and Essendon in the same division. Yeah. So there's three teams I would, I would plonk straight in. We've got Carlton, Collingwood, Essendon. Now, I've not, I've not got a pen, so I'm flying this thing hot and loose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got, yes, Collingwood, Carlton, Essendon. Now, I'm trying to think of some other great rivalries. As I said, I would be keen to get Hawks and Geelong in the same division. However, I would say I could live with it if it wasn't what I would advocate in, in, the, in the situation where we can't necessarily get teams in the same division. For instance, mm. over in the interstate, I don't think we're going to be able to get the Swans and the Eagles in the same division. However, they've got a great rivalry because of those uh, 05, 06 um, grand back yeah. finals that they played in. What I would say is you would have a marquee interconference clash every year between those teams. So, Ooh. so I think that's what you do here. If if you can't go Geelong Hawthorne in the same division, you would make a marquee interconference game once a season. You know, you make it a big one. So, let's go with that. So we've got the th- those three teams: Collingwood, Essendon. Carlton in one division. Who else are you going to feed into that one? You got any sort of thoughts about that? Other teams within that that have big rivalries? Um, would you I, put uh, the Tigers in there? I reckon they could. Uh, I think Tigers have... I think they could fit anywhere, though, the Tigers. Mm. I, I think that Melbourne... I think Melbourne should be in that conference. Because okay. I think to have some, to have a classic team like Melbourne in there with other old teams like Collingwood and Carlton, I think yes. would be sort of a nice, sort of identifiable way to identify that uh, mm-hmm. that division. I think would be would be really cool. Um, I'm trying to think of the, the Bulldogs. Don't really have any sort of obvious rivalries i think mm-hmm. more recently they've sort of developed one with the giants but they're obviously interstate um but if you sort of look back in time the doggies and the hawks had quite a bit of a rivalry going on in fact losing losing a grand final to the hawks i think after our 54 um yes. so that's what i would like to see so maybe maybe find a way to fit the hawks and the dogs in the same division all right, all right. here's here's a That'd bit of a way proposal for you then all right so we've got the uh, sort of we're going to go carlton collingwood essendon melbourne so there's four teams in that that division then i would contend Mm. to you that we have the dogs the hawks the cats the tigers in a division a lot of animals there Uh, we've got cats versus dogs which i like uh yep (laughs) So then, then we've got the Kangaroos and the Saints. My leaning would be, for whatever reason, would be to put the Kangaroos in with the, the Dogs, Tigers, Cats, Hawks, um, and whoever else the other team was I put in there, and the Saints in with the Demons, um, Magpies, etc. What do you think about that? Mm, I like it. I like it a lot. Again, here's the conflicting, the two conflicting minds that I have. Because mm-hmm. I like that, and I think it would work the best. But I'm, I'm looking at uh, a map that someone's made of all of the AFL teams and where they reside in this country, and then a little punch in of Melbourne. 
Mm-hmm. And if we put the saints in with the dogs and the cats and the tigers and the horse, yes. Yes. Um, what we have is sort of a north-south because Essendon, North Melbourne, Carlton, Collingwood are sort of northern suburbs and then Melbourne smack bang in the middle. Mm-hmm. Then you've got dogs, which are west, yes. tigers and Hawthorne, which are sort mm-hmm. of eastern. Mm-hmm. And then St Kilda's sort of on the bit sort of south Melbourne-ish. And then yes. Geelong is also, you know, sort of out of it. So, again, I like both, but I'm sort of leaning towards having the Saints in the southern division just right. for that sort of simplicity. No, you've absolutely convinced me. So, so what we're gonna what we're gonna have in Victoria, we're gonna have the um, Collingwood. So, division. What what did you call this one? That with one with Collingwood. What was this division? That that'll be north. Uh, the northern northern something. Right. So the the northern Victorian division will so, be Collingwood, Carlton, Essendon, uh, North Melbourne. Yes, that was one of the others, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Uh, obviously yep. North Melbourne and the fifth team was the demons. Yes. Yes. All right. It looks good. So then you've got Hawthorne, the tigers, the dogs, the cats and the saints. I like that. Right. That would be a, that would be an awesome division to watch as would the North, the mm. Northern Victoria one as well. I think, I think there's Absol- a good balance of talent, especially if Carlton becomes a more, consistent top eight team, which yeah, is looking they, to go. And, you know, a traditional powerhouse. So I think you've got a lot of history there. Yeah. I, I, I like it. So that's our North and South uh, Victorian uh, divisions. Then we flick over to the interstate. Now I had the Crows, the Power, the Eagles and the Dockers as a very loose, I guess, Western division. Mm. You know, what's West happening. of Melbourne. Yes, west of, west of Melbourne. Like, you know, that's how I know everything. Is it is it north, south, yep. east? The west of Melbourne division. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Team America, you know, Egypt, 4,000 yeah. miles from you know, America. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so the, yeah, so that west of Melbourne division, um, Crows, <laughs> Power, Eagles, Dockers, and then a four-team division in the quote-unquote east Swans, the Giants, the Lions, and the Suns. Now, we've got an issue, obviously, with numbers because we've got an 18-team competition as it presently stands. So you've got this thing of we've got 10 teams in Victoria. We've only got eight teams over in the interstate. How do we even this up? Well, that's where the word expansion comes in, Jack. Mm. And there's a couple of places that are absolutely itching for it, absolutely climbing the walls for it. They want the football. Do you know where they are, Jack? It's the little, the little tiny, tiny little island that comes off our lovely country. That's correct. Tasmania, the Apple Isle. Uh, Tassie wants its football. They want their football, damn it. They deserve their football. They've they want churned, it now. Oh, they've churned out a number of stellar AFL talent. Um, they've got their own competition down there. It's only a seven-team league. Now, you cannot tell me, Jack, that if we can start football on the Gold Coast, not what I would call historically a thriving hub of AFL footy, if we can start one in Greater Western Sydney, not exactly a thriving hub of AFL footy, then why on earth, why on God's green earth can we not give the people 
of Tasmania, a damn professional football team. So we're going to have a team in Tasmania here. It's absolutely true. And, you know, the Gold Coast wasn't a thriving hub for football until 2020 when they literally had a hub for football. (laughs) Absolutely. And what's look, what could be more socially isolated than Tassie? Let's hub up down in Tassie. Now, some name suggestions here. I mean, the obvious one is the Tassie Devils. Um, You know, go to Looney Tunes and get get a bit of a sponsorship deal there. Um, there's some others. I like the idea of a team called the Lumberjacks um, down in Tassie. I don't mind. Uh, I don't know. There's a number of the Apple Islanders. The Isle. I don't know. There's a bunch Convicts. of the Conv- that doesn't really have a good rate, but you know, <laughs> you'd be historically historically accurate. Yeah, and we obviously we can't do the Tigers. You know, Devils. I guess no. could could the Tassie Devils could run a little close. To uh, to the demons up in the uh, the Vic conference, yeah. but but anyway, I think, I think I, that's true. I, I think what we'd have to do if it was mm-hmm. going to be the Tassie Devils is really focus on the fact that it's we're not talking about the the Christian mythology. We're no. we're talking about the the animal, the Tasmanian yes. devil. I think you could get away with it. Absolutely absolutely so we're going to have a franchise in tassie and we're going to put them in with the crows the power the eagles and dockers that was my no we shouldn't i'm an idiot i'm a raging idiot tassie should be with the swans the giants the lions and the suns yes because they're sort of east Mm. they're they're off the they're off the south coast of australia but they're on the yeah i think it fits i think it looks nicer Obviously, what would look nicest is to have it with the Victorian Conference. Absolutely. We've, we've obviously got enough there. So I think it fits best on the East. There's a simple fix there, you know. You uh, take, I don't know, maybe the kangaroos and you jettison them the interstate. Can... Uh, they have raised my ire. Um, no, so, yeah, I think Tassie in our... What about our... poor Ben Brown trying to get his Coleman and he gets shoved up to Queensland? Yeah, Northern Queensland. Um, North Queensland Thunder. There you go. There's a name. Like now, l- let's go, Tassie. Let's go. Let's not get off track, shall we? Yeah, let's, let's try and keep this thing succinct. Tassie is going to join the Swans, the Giants, the Lions, and the Suns. Yes. So mm-hmm. then... Now, there's another place in Australia that I think deserves its football. Right? Yes. We've started to see a little bit of coverage there. Um, obviously, there's been some games played up there. The Demons have taken some uh, some games north, up to the Northern Territory in Australia. Now, again, people may may cry out. We don't have, you know, what's set up there is not, you know, there's not enough infrastructure to 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 do it. To that, I say, get innovative. Get your mm. mind out of your simplistic brain set and imagine a world where we have football in the Northern Territory. And then if you imagine that world, it seems a lot more possible if you imagine that it's happening. Mm. I want football in the Northern Territory, Jack. And I tell you what, I, I even went the extra mile and did a, a quick Google search. <laughs> I did a quick Google search because I was thinking, you know, as far as infrastructure goes, as far as, you know, setups go and all that sort of 
shenanigans. What have we got up there? Well, what one? We've got a stadium. We've got TIO Stadium. Tick. Up in up tick. Big tick. In the Northern Territory. You know what else we've got up there, Jack? We have a multi-division Northern Territory Football League setup. Right? We have Lovely. many teams already playing there. We've got so let's stick with, although there's a division sort of, there's, there's lower division or division one and two teams. Let's have a look at the Premier League clubs that currently exist in uh, the Northern Territory Football League. We've got the Darwin Buffaloes. Keep these in mind, Jack, because what we need to do, what I'm thinking is a little bit like Port Adelaide did in hearkening uh, back to one of their, their uh, state league teams when they created their pro franchise. Mm. I want to do this up there. I want to I take you know, uh, a storied institution that's already existing uh, in the uh, Northern Territory. And I want to, you know, put the roots of the pro football team in that mythology, you know, in that mythology, in that, in, in, the, in yeah. the, the culture of that league and that team. So we've got the Darwin the Buffaloes. We've got the Nightcliffe Tigers. The Tigers are probably out for me. There's a few here that are out because mm. of the name. Got the Palmerston Magpies, probably out. The Southern Districts Crocs. There's a little, there's a little tick there. We've got the Buffaloes and the Crocs are both sort of little, little ticks there. Um, we've also got the St. Mary's Saints, probably across there because we've got, the Saints. we've got the Tiwi Bombers, probably out. We've got the, uh, the Wanderers Eagles, probably out. We've also got the, Wara- the Waratah Warriors little tick so as far as i can see we've got sort of three little ticks next to the darwin buffaloes the palmerston uh sorry the southern districts crocs and the waratah warriors uh for a little reference uh out of those three teams the most successful in terms of premierships has been the waratah uh, sorry rather the darwin buffaloes they've won 23 premierships they were founded in 1916. Their most recent premiership was uh, the 0506 season. Then you scan down to the Southern District's Crocs. They were a relatively new franchise. 1987, they entered the competition. Three premierships in that time. Their most recent was 2017-2018. So a bit, of, a bit of recent success there. You scan your eyes down to the Warriors, the Waratah Warriors, Founded in nine, or rather, they entered the competition in 1916. Have won 15 premierships. Their most recent was in the 1999 to 2000 season. The Crocs are kind of appealing, I've got to say. Mm. Northern Territory Crocs has got a very Australian feel. What do you think out of those ones? Well, before I get to the the names, what yes. first came to mind was: Do we? Do we say they're a Northern Territory team? As in, do we call them the Northern Territory blank? Or is it Northern? Do we go with Darwin? Like, what do you think is most Ah, interesting? Because with our expansion clubs, they're not Queensland Lions or the Queensland Mm. Suns. Yes. Um, So what, what are we thinking there? What seems most appealing? I'm leaning towards Northern, Mm -hmm. but, uh, that's sort of just a gut feeling. What do you think? I like that. I could see that. I could see the Northern Crocs. I could see the Northern Warriors. That's got a strong ring to it. 
yeah. warriors from the north, northern buffaloes. Buffaloes to me has has perhaps too many American connotations with it, just in my mind. Um, I, I don't know. I, I love the idea of finally getting some crocodile um, mascot action into the AFL because they're such a recognized. Yeah, mascots are very important. It's, well, it's very uh, very important to the energy. And as, as far as, you know, we're sort of expanding the way the game is played and the way the game is uh, set up here in this conference division system, we've got to think about our viewers overseas who might, they want some recognizable things. We've got kangaroos. Can we get some crocodiles? But I do like the warriors. Yeah. I really like the warriors. For me to be out of that. The croc out of warriors? The, the, <laughs> the warrior crocs. Um, I like the the Northern Warriors has a ring to it. Um, I don't. I, I like that sounds the best, but I like the the logo and mascot potential with the Crocs. Yeah. So maybe 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 you know there's a way. Maybe with a little bit more research of sort of uh, that sort of thing that we we might be able to come up with some ideas about what what yeah. what sort of name could go with the Crocs. But for now, I think we'll settle on the Northern Warriors just for this particular exercise. Yeah. Um, so you've got your uh, division there, which would have the uh, Northern Warriors, the Crows, the Power, the Eagles, and the Dockers. So that would be our I like fight. it. So we're looking at a setup in the Victorian Football Conference. You've got your Northern Division of the Victorian Football Conference. It has the, the Collingwood Magpies, the Carlton Blues, the uh, uh, North Melbourne Kangaroos, did I already say them? No. Mm. Carlton, North Melbourne, Collingwood, Melbourne, and the Essendon Bombers. That's going to be your Northern Victorian Division. Your Southern Victorian Division's got Cats, Hawks, Tigers, Bulldogs, and Saints. Then you flip over to the interstate, and you've got the, uh, what are we calling this? The Western, the Western Division. I think Western, yeah. So we've got west of the West of Melbourne division. Um, yeah, the, the West of Melbourne division. That's going to make our interstate viewers so happy, you know, that we're West yeah, of Melbourne. They're going to love that. It's going to add to the love they already have for Victoria. Absolutely. Uh, so you've got the Adelaide Crows, the Port Adelaide Power, the uh, West Coast Eagles, Fremantle Dockers, and of course, the newly formed Northern Warriors franchise. You flip to the East. You've got your Sydney Swans, your Greater Western Sydney Giants, Brisbane Lions, Gold Coast Suns, and the newly formed Tassie insert franchise name. For now, we'll go Tassie Devils. I like it. Yeah, it's simple. Tassie Devils. All right. Um, what do you think about that as a look? I like it. I, I am convinced that this would be a really, really fun way to watch the league. And And like you said earlier, also now in this sort of we're not yet at post COVID, but hopefully we're in the whole, you know, scheme of our lifetime, we're getting closer to it. Mm. Um, and so when we finally get to that post COVID world or that COVID normal world, it might be just a better way to do it both for the clubs, but then also for fans The fans aren't just going all over the country over in airports and stuff. So I think from that point of view, it'll be really, really good but just from an entertainment point of view I, I really like the conference system it builds those rivalries really well because they play each other more it's sort of more localized 
I, I I like it. The only thing that could make it better, which won't happen, just because of how the the league is set up. The only thing that would make it better is that we go back to every team having their own stadium. Yes, I think it's obviously it's more of a thing in uh, like the NFL as an example because there's really only there might be some exceptions, but for the most part, it's one team per city. Whereas when you look at the Melbourne clubs, you know, there's ten or however many um, in the one little spot. So you can't really have, you know, that many MCGs lying around. But I just like the idea of going, of every home game really being a home game. Mm. There are some, like, every time the Doggies play Carlton, it's a bit different this time around this year. But usually, it's not a home game for anyone because they both play at Etihad. So that would be the only thing that could make this system better. But as we've designed it, you and I, the geniuses behind this. I think it's quite, quite entertaining. I, I would, I would love it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think there's a lot of pros to it. I think, like you said, those divisional things, I think that's what some people don't understand if they don't watch the NFL is that the division rivalries are so intense. So, you know, mm. like Geelong and Hawthorne already hate each other enough and, and bar each other from the finals and premierships um, you know, enough as it is. So imagine if they're going head to head twice a year, trying to win the division that gets them into the finals. Mm. You know, imagine if Colin There's consequences there. Yeah, because if you're locked on wins at the end of the year, then it goes to who do you know who had the better head to head record in in your division and and that sort of thing. Mm. You know, I like the idea. So you know, within you, I don't. I'm, Let's not go too much into it because I've already taken up an hour of your time, but I know you enjoy this, uh, this sort of uh, shenanigans. Yes, I do. So, you know, as far as fixturing goes, what I would like to see is if you've got five teams in each division, you play the four other teams in your division twice a year. So there's eight games. I also think that you would play perhaps, let's do it this way. You play every one of the other conference teams so the other five who are from the mm-hmm. other division, you play them once a year and you alternate yep. with them year to year. So if, if the Cats play Collingwood at the MCG um, in 2020, then in 2021, they travel down the highway to play the Cats down in uh, Cadinia Park. Yeah. I get that we've got to expand the, the capacity of Cadinia Park to make Eddie Maguire happy, um, but whatever. Um, in this fantasy reality, the Cats have an 80,000 seater down there. Um, yeah. So there's... So you go with eight games, then you've got your five. So that takes you to 13. I think then you do something like have you play maybe somewhere in the range of three to five games or something, or maybe you play one division from interstate. So, Hmm. you know, maybe so the South, the South Victorian vision division, they play all the teams in their division twice. They play the other teams from the other division in their conference once. So that's 13 games. Then mm-hmm. they play all the teams from one interstate division. That gets you to yep. 18, 18 games for your season. And you just flip mm. it. If, 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 the, if the Victorian South division plays the Western interstate division in 2020, then the next season, the Northern Vicks play the Western interstates and the Southern Vicks play the Eastern interstates. You know what I mean? So you're changing it Mm. every year. So, so, you know, the cats only get to play the Eagles once every two years. 
say. But yeah, we're getting to hammer that, those that's local quite, libraries. Yeah, which I really like, but I can sense already that that would be quite controversial. The idea of not every team playing each other at least once. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't mind it, but it seems like of all of of all of the ideas we've presented here, I think that would be the one that would be the toughest to sell to Australian football fans just because it's so different. It's all, you always get to play each other once and that's seen as like a fair system to, to a lot of Aussie fans of the sport. So I don't know how we'd sell that one. Well, then I can, I can, I can sell it if, if, they, if that was the only thing barring our, barring our mm-hmm. master plan coming to fruition, then that, that's a simple one. You get to 18 games by playing you know, what I just described, but you get to 23 mm-hmm. games by playing the other division. Mm. So you just play, you play, every, you play everyone in your own division twice. So that's really crucial for your division standings, but then you just play everyone yeah. else um, around it. I, I think that, mm. I think the strength of a conference system though comes from not, ha- not playing everyone all the time. And it's a thing that I think that develops over time I know I've got to let you go because you've got an evening to get to. That's all right. Go on. But, you know, a big thing of what makes divisions fun, and I've heard about this in terms of like recruitment and scouting, and you know, NFL and baseball over in the States, they talk about we have to put together a squad and a game plan and a draft and free agency to win our division. Because if you can't Mm -hmm. beat the other teams in your division, you're not getting out. You know, so if you're in the NFC North at the, uh, sorry, the AFC North at the moment, as Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, and Cincinnati, well, now as the Steelers, we're having to go, the Ravens are playing this run heavy physical game. You know, a lot of the teams in the North liked to play those physical uh, run heavy games. So you've got to recruit that way because these are the teams that you're going to play a big part of your fixer against. And so it would, it would become like that over time that the Hawks and the cats, the dogs, you've got to recruit and, and formulate a game plan so that you can escape your division and get into yeah. those, those finals. Um, it is a different feel. I get it, but I think it'd be a cool element to think about anyway. Yeah, for sure. That's uh the, the thoughts going through my mind are quite, oh man, that'd be so fun. I would love to watch that. If Until then, we always have the NFL. That will always give us our our conference system. Absolutely. And the women's. Ab- I can't yeah, about it, that when that eventually comes back. See, the ladies are ahead of the curb once again. They're already mm. into the conference system. Jack. They already we're, know. We're onto it. The, the women have seen the future, as have we. Yeah. All right. We're going to leave it at that. Thanks so much for, for coming on, man. It's been good to have you on again. And um, yeah, whenever you've got the time, I always like to make this a, a regular chin wag because it's, uh, I know you're one of those people that loves to dive into the fantasy land with me. Yeah, no, thanks, man. It's been very fun. And you're right. I, I love to think and I love to think out loud. It's, it's good fun, especially with someone who has a similar thought process of liking to sort of talk about stuff and, Maybe sometimes it doesn't make sense, and that's okay. It's all, it's all about the fun of, of fantasy land. Now, I like to reside in fantasy, fantasy land every now and then. Well, living in fantasy land uh, is not currently a bad option, uh, given the way reality land mm-hmm. is going. Um, so, so, I'm look, free tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, let's, let's get back on this. Um, 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everybody in between, thanks so much for joining us uh, tonight, today, tomorrow, yesterday, wherever it is that you're listening in from. You've heard the future here tonight. Until next time, you've been great. We've been reasonable. It's the JBFE. Thanks so much for listening.